Part One, Chapters Eleven and Twelve of Perkins the Faker: A Travesty on Reincarnation by Edward S. Van Zyl. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. When Reginald was Caroline, Chapter Eleven: A Dinner and a Discussion. Yesterday, this day's madness did prepare. Tomorrow's silence, triumph, or despair. Drink, for you know not whence you came nor why. Drink for you know not why you go nor where omar khayyam it is always under the best of conditions uncertain how a dinner-party will go off people are not unlike the ingredients of a salad dressing the smoothness of the dressing depends upon a mysterious chemical affinity that is recognized by the salad-maker but never wholly understood all the arts are closely related to each other a dinner-party a salad-dressing or an epic poem demands creative effort and is successful in so far as its creator has made an effective fusion of its separate parts caroline had been inclined to believe that her fame as a dinner-giver was no more than her due she had reached an altitude as a triumphant hostess from which she could make experiments of a more or less interesting kind she enjoyed bringing together around our board seemingly antagonistic social molecules to see if they would fuse she had planned to-night's dinner much as a chemist prepares his materials for a novel combination edgerton and mrs edgerton van tromp and miss van tromp formed the basis for an experiment that might produce either a perfume or an explosion what the result would have been had caroline's effort not been hampered by a soul transposition that made many things awkward to us that were unobserved by our guests i cannot say a large portion of the function especially its earlier stages is a blur and a buzz in my memory it had been like this from the first whenever i had come into the butler's sphere of influence van tromp and edgerton were not especially terrifying i knew their limitations but jones impressed me as a mystery concealing in a wooden exterior most frightful possibilities for mischief i did not fully recover my self-control if such it could be called until after the fish had been served by that time the situation in the dining-room was about as follows caroline playing the role of host was doing nicely but was i feared inclined to overact the part a bit little van tromp a blue-eyed insignificant-looking man with a tender moustache pointed blond beard and too much hair on his head was low-spirited and inclined to wander in his talk he would glance at my corsage and then cast a reproachful languishing glance at caroline's eyes into which i found it possible now and then to throw an expression of coquetry that revived the poet's drooping spirits for a time mrs edgerton a handsome mondaine was always self-poised animated and self-satisfied miss van tromp unlike her sister mrs taunton was petite vivacious and rather pretty but somewhat in awe of her brother's genius edgerton was a typical new yorker of the prosperous type possessing blood breeding and a pleasing exterior mrs edgerton thought that i looked somewhat fagged i've had such a busy day don't you know uh, my dear i exclaimed glancing at my face across the table and flushing at the gleam of merriment that caroline flashed at me from my eyes you and mrs edgerton really do too much commented edgerton politely we are apt to underestimate a woman's cares and burdens reggie he added addressing caroline indeed we are caroline asserted readily in my deep voice i am inclined to think edgerton 
she continued giving a splendid imitation of my most impressive manner that we do scant justice to our wives while we are forever harping upon our own importance here here cried little van tromp playfully i manfully resisted an inclination to hurl a wine-glass at his too picturesque head mrs edgerton smiled at me what has happened to mr stevens caroline she cried jocosely unless my memory is at fault i have heard him say that you and i are long on leisure and short on work an epigram hyped the poet rolling his eyes in exaggerated rapture did i ever make that remark i heard my voice asking in surprise i am afraid mrs edgerton that you have misrepresented the source of what mr van tromp has mistaken for an epigram it sounds to me who never said it more like a wall street bull i can't bear that i ventured in caroline's merriest tones and miss van tromp giggled the point at issue as i understand it began edgerton genially is whether reggie is making a confession did you cry peccavi old man you are as great a sinner in this matter as i am answered caroline seriously looking at edgerton how often have i heard you complain of overwork my dear fellow they were saying at the club this afternoon that you seldom reached there before four o'clock a flush came into edgerton's face and mrs edgerton laughed aloud betrayed betrayed she exclaimed gleefully reggie has deserted you hubby dear this is absolutely shocking cried miss van tromp i shall never marry let us change the subject i suggested suppressing a shudder as jones glided past me we have become a horrible warning to our two unmarried guests uh, reginald i am not easily frightened mrs stevens the poet dared to say looking at me courageously discretion is the better part of bachelorhood i retorted and van romeo collapsed at once i am so excited at the prospect of meeting yamama said mrs edgerton presently he says such wonderful things and does em too i murmured under my breath and flashing a glance at my smiling face across the table what does he say asked miss van tromp with youthful curiosity oh i can't begin to tell you protested mrs edgerton and then began he says that poetry suffices that he cannot understand why prose was invented hear hear cried little van tromp with enthusiasm he abhors egotism intellectual self-satisfaction is hideous he says he ought to know i exclaimed and caroline had the audacity to laugh go on mrs edgerton cried the van tromps with one voice yamama tells us that our western world is not only self-satisfied but ignorant we are contented with half-truths science makes a discovery as it imagines and behold it is something that the east has known for ages but how about the famine in india asked edgerton argumentatively if they know so much these eastern wise men why don't they make grain grow in a dry season they are great frauds eh reggie i don't agree with you edgerton i heard my voice in answer you fail to get their point of view betrayed again edgerton laughed the poet what's their point of view grumbled edgerton casting a glance of surprise at caroline if you believed in reincarnation exclaimed my wife in my somewhat overbearing manner you would look upon death as merely a stepping-stone to a higher existence 
a famine don't you see helps a large number of souls up the spiral mr stevens has become a theosophist cried mrs edgerton in exaggerated amazement how perfectly lovely commented miss van tromp somewhat irrelevantly i saw jones pouring wine at the poet's corner and i thought that his hand trembled i'm sure that my voice was unsteady as i remarked but ah uh, reginald what about snakes and ah uh, frogs starvation is bad enough but you aren't going up a spiral if you are changed into something that squirms and crawls it's not like climbing a ladder answered my voice authoritatively you may go down now and then but as the age has passed the general trend is upward it's awfully interesting reflected miss van tromp aloud but how is it done it isn't done exclaimed edgerton almost angrily it's only half-baked of all the absurd nonsense that is talked this oriental mysticism is the worst that's why i was glad to get this man yamama to come here this evening i want to prove to mrs edgerton that he's just about as significant as a bab ballad do you think that yamama will be inclined to do ah uh, stunts mr edgerton i faltered catching the butler's eye and wondering why caroline's toes got cold so easily what do you mean by stunts my dear caroline asked using my voice rather sternly yamama i imagine would not understand the word he is not here to play tricks what is he here for uh, my dear i asked in a falsetto that was too shrill to be good form mrs edgerton looked annoyed and edgerton said half apologetically really mrs stevens i thought you would be glad to have yamama come to us to-night frankly i wanted to make a closer study of the man and your husband assured me that it would be pleasing to you to have him here don't think me inhospitable and ungrateful mr edgerton i began in caroline's smoothest manner i shall enjoy meeting yamama of course but do you really think that a man who prefers poetry to prose can be trusted van tromp gasped and glanced furtively at caroline the latter raised her wine-glass smiled at me gaily and i heard my voice crying here's to you my dear good as you are what are you staring at jones i asked angrily turning sharply toward the butler he continued his task of serving the course without noticing my reproof my wife and guests were gazing at me in surprise a toast a toast cried little van tromp almost hysterically edgerton laughed aloud let us drink to the mysterious east he suggested like one who bore an olive branch in his hand to the secrets of the orient and yamama amended caroline showing my teeth to me in a cruel smile yamama yamama murmured my guests as we sipped our wine i glanced at jones there was a flush on his phlegmatic face but he appeared to be paying no attention to anything but his duties chapter twelve yamama and release then dimness passed upon me and that song was sounding o'er me when i woke to be a pilgrim on the nether earth dean alford on our return to the drawing-room i found myself annoyed by the attention of little van tromp and appalled at the imminent advent of yamama a new and most distressing dread had crept into my errant soul i had begun to think that i should come to hate my wife unless she altered at once her mode of procedure 
the fear was upon me that she had enjoyed the day's experience sufficiently to tempt her to make existing conditions permanent angry as i was with her i realized that diplomacy was a better tool at present than denunciation i must speak to her at once i mused aloud glancing at my manly patrician well-groomed outward seeming as caroline stood at the further end of the room chatting with miss van tromp and the edgertons an exclamation beside me convinced me that little van tromp was very wide awake shall i take you to her mrs stevens there is no sacrifice that i would not make for you you would go to mrs edgerton mrs edgerton i exclaimed somewhat dazed for the moment no i was referring to uh, reginald tell him i want to see him will you old man these infernal skirts are such a nuisance the poet's eloquent eyes recalled me to my senses he was gazing at me in amazement evidently wondering if i had drunk too deep a toast to your mamma what a pitiable fate is mine murmured van romeo gloomily i have been dreaming of this moment for days and lo you destroy my happiness by a word chasing a rainbow is so much more delightful than summoning your lesser half lesser half indeed i could not refrain from saying bitterly my three-quarters or more look here van tromp if you don't move more rapidly i shall read those silly verses of yours to yamama when he arrives and he'll turn you into a green and yellow parrot good heavens man it's too late there he is unannounced and unattended yamama glided into the drawing-room i recognized him at a glance and caroline's bosom heaved with a conflict of emotions little van tromp had jumped to his feet isn't he stunning he exclaimed most unpoetically yamama was indeed pleasing to the eye his light brown complexion dark brilliant eyes and gorgeous costume made a picture that gave an oriental splendour to our drawing-room he stood motionless for a moment half-way between caroline and me suddenly it flashed upon me that i had a duty to perform caroline and i reached yamama at the same time it was so kind of you to come to us i heard caroline saying to the adept mrs stevens was overjoyed to hear that you had consented to honour us yamama's black fathomless eyes smiled at me like deep dark pools touched by sunshine a chill ran through me but i found strength to say falteringly glad to see you mr uh, yamama we're so interested ah uh, reginald and i in besotericudism glad to see you aren't we uh reggie i suspected that caroline chuckled behind my beard i am sure that the smile in yamama's eyes deepened we had grouped ourselves around the adept who stood calm picturesque silent in the centre of the room the majesty and mystery of the brooding east seemed to fill the universe of a sudden it was as some priceless oriental rug had become on the instant not merely an ornament but a creation of infinite psychical significance does he talk edgerton whispered to me and i glanced at him reprovingly mrs edgerton was gazing awestruck at yamama presently the adept spoke in a voice that drove from my fevered mind all thoughts of frogs snakes and tadpoles man is composed of seven principles a unit but capable of partial separation well rather i could not refrain from saying but yamama ignored my rudeness 
he went on impressively while the group surrounding him listened eagerly fascinated by his appearance and manner the evolutionary process demands a number of planets corresponding to the seven principles on each of these planets a long series of lives is required before a full circuit is made how wildly exciting cried miss van tromp yamama smiled indulgently then he said before reaching the perfection attainable every soul must pass through many minor circuits we are said to be in the middle of the fifth circuit of our fourth round and the evolution of this circuit began about a million years ago it knocks the ferris wheel silly i overheard edgerton mutter to himself and i felt an unaccountable anger at his flippancy i should so like to ask you a question faltered miss van tromp and yamama bowed his inspired head resignedly how soon do we come back after we die when a man dies answered the adept in his low soft musical voice his ego holds the impetus of his earthly desires until they are purged away from that higher self which then passes into a spiritual state when all the psychic and spiritual forces it has generated during the earthly life are unfolded it progresses on those planes until the dormant physical impulses assert themselves and curve the soul around to another incarnation whose form is the resultant of the earlier lives that's easy muttered edgerton at my shoulder i've often felt that way exclaimed van tromp gazing ecstatically at yamama are you making converts asked mrs edgerton a haughty smile dark red streaked with white against a brown background the whole lighted by two eyes of marvellous power met our gaze only by soul itself is soul perceived answered yamama somewhat irrelevantly i thought you're out my dear whispered edgerton playfully to his wife may i trouble you my dear sir began van tromp pompously may i trouble you to explain to a mind darkened by occidental erudition why it is that the west is so blind to the mighty truths that you teach that's a touchdown muttered edgerton yamama gazed fixedly at the poet for a time then he said the west is not blind to the mighty truths of which you speak you only imagine that you do not see them your great thinkers have taught what we teach schopenhauer lessing hegel leibniz herder fifta the younger are with us your great poets sing the eternal verities it is nothing new that which i bring to you from the east is there uh, any reason to fear i dared to ask that when we uh, change around again i mean uh, get reincarnated you see that we become um, frogs or snakes that is if we don't uh, so to speak stay put my voice had been gradually ascending caroline's scale until it hit the interrogation mark in a sharp falsetto as yamama's eyes met mine i thought for an instant that i had been struck by lightning what his strange glance cutting through me until i knew that i had no secrets left meant i had no way of determining i was like a rabbit fascinated by an anaconda there is salvation for him who self disappears before truth whose will is bent upon what he ought to do whose sole desire is the performance of his duty the root of all evil is ignorance 
thus spake yamama whether in answer to my question i could not decide what's the matter with the love of money asked edgerton in an unconventional tone of voice his bump of reverence is not well developed tis but a small part of the ignorance that enfolds you like a worthless garment answered the adept coldly that's one on me i heard edgerton mutter while mrs edgerton laughed softly the enlightened one went on yamama literally in a brown study saw the four noble truths which point out the path that leads to nirvana or the extinction of self good eye murmured edgerton and his wife whispered hush as i glanced at caroline i saw that my face had undergone a change she was watching the adept with my eyes but the expression on my countenance was wholly her own the attainment of truth continued yamama is possible only when self is recognized as an illusion righteousness can be practised only when we have freed our mind from the passion of egotism perfect peace can dwell only where all vanity has disappeared i've known that for years exclaimed van tromp brushing his hair back from his forehead in a self-conscious way i had begun to feel faint won't you be seated ah uh, mr yamama i asked hoping that he would observe my indisposition even as i spoke i lost sight of him the lights went out of a sudden and a sharp exquisite pain shot through me i was surrounded by a fathomless gloom as if the universe had turned black at a word i was conscious but seemingly alone in a dark void for a moment only was i cognizant of self then there came a flash of dazzling light and i knew no more my testimony is at an end a week has passed since caroline and i awoke one morning to find our souls transposed we are still confined to our rooms suffering our physician tells us from acute nervous prostration but reginald's himself again when we recovered our senses for caroline had fainted at the moment when yamama disappeared from my sight we found ourselves restored to our respective bodies but the shock of our psychical interchange had left us physically weak and depressed i have not yet had the energy to compare notes with caroline in regard to our uncanny experiences but fearing that my memory might play me false i have relieved the tedium of my convalescence by jogging down the foregoing presentment in the hope as i have said before that the data may prove of interest to minds more erudite than mine and my wife's jenkins has returned from hoboken or wherever he went and i have had him remove my beard it had become a horror to me suzanne is very attentive to caroline and seems to have recovered her spirits one significant fact i have reserved for the last it has caused me much uneasiness not unmingled with a sense of relief jones has not been seen since the night of our weird dinner-party no trace of him has been found i have advertised for a butler but have not yet received an application that appealed to me in my present supersensitive condition what i want is a butler as unlike jones as possible unfortunately he was a pattern of his kind but i hate the very thought of him and so i shall drop my pen at this point and watch suzanne and caroline through the open door i think i shall try to get down to the club to-morrow to see the boys End of chapters 11 and 12
and end of part one when Reginald was caroline